This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendorf. I said, Old Trailblazer, just an old foggy-eyed fool trailblazer. That's what folks call me. Hellfire and damnation trailblazer. But no, my heart is big as a pumpkin this morning. And I'm just bringing you God's message that he lays on my heart. And we're looking at a series of studies now on the home. Do you hear anybody else speaking about that, my friend? Does your pastor speak about the home and how you should raise your children and how you should conduct yourselves in front of them? Uh, my friend, we, we've lost our families. We've lost our children. We've lost our home. No longer is the, is the Bible read there in front of the old fireplace on a cold winter night till the children and have prayer with them. No, those things are all gone now. Now the, the, the worst thing in the world is, uh, is a television set that folks sit in front of or put their children in front of, and they've for, forsaken the reading of the Bible and reading of the Scripture and praying with their family. So we've lost our home. And I think it's like a, an old stampede out in the West in the old Western movies I used to see when I was a kid. And they had a bunch of horses pinned up in a canyon somewhere, and somebody knocked the fence down, a burglar, a, 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 a rustler or something, and they got out. All of them got out of the stampede. You can't get them back. You can't get them. I don't believe we're going to get them back, my friend. I mentioned in a message just recently that I don't believe we're going to see a, a, a worldwide revival. I don't see it. You say, well, you don't have any faith. No, I sure don't. But I have a little sense. I know what's happening out there. We're living in that downgrade. We're living in that falling away that the Apostle Paul spoke of. We're there now. We're here now. Did you know? I don't know how our conditions can get any worse than they are now. You say, how so, Pastor? How so, Trailblazer? Well, I mentioned in a study a while back how that our homes now, our children, our little teenage children, our, our girls are having babies, bringing them to this world without being married. I saw in the paper the other day here where a little 10-year-old girl uh, was had a baby, and the mother was so happy and so joyful, and the 14-year-old daddy lived in another state somewhere, my friend, that's where we are. That's where we are. You're not scared. You're not, you're not afraid. I am. I'm afraid. I'm afraid, my friend. Oh, and nobody said this woman was happy that her child had a baby. And, 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 and what about the consequences? You know, I tell folks here, my radio ministry, you know that I'm not disappointed at all when, fam- when children or you know, young families don't raise a bunch of children because that's another soul. Oh, my friend, it's a soul to be responsible for. You're going to be responsible for. But we're getting off of our subject. We're looking there at Adam and Eve, how the Lord preached the gospel to them. The word of the Lord uh, was spoken directly to them, enlightening their minds that they were in danger. And in the gospel there in Genesis 3.15 was a light shining into the darkness of their hearts. It was a light shining into the very heart of each one of these individuals. They knew the commandment of God, the soul that sinneth it shall die. They knew that, just like you do. You know that. You don't have to know much gospel, my friend, to know that God uh, saves sinners, nor do you need to know much that the soul that sinneth it shall die. And yet, in the face of death, they were impenitent and unafraid. And so are you, my friend. So are you. I mentioned in the last study or two how that our people now are so dangerous in the sight of, of, of death. We have these folks jumping out of airplanes for fun. We have these folks racing cars at midnight for fun. We, we have all sorts of, whether they throw caution to the wind. Are they saved? No. No, they're not saved. They're not saved, my friend. If they were, they wouldn't be doing those things. But listen, listen, 
they saw their immediate danger, and the gospel was preached there, it was like a light shining into the very heart of each one of them. They knew the commandment, the soul that sinneth it shall die. But when the Lord drove home this message, the seed, thy seed, shall bruise his head, things begin to appear in another light. The light, the sin of disobedience and rebellion and pride, which were hidden from their eyes under the cloak of impenitence, now begin to be clear. The danger concealed by Satan. Did you know Satan blinds your mind to the danger that you're in, my friend? The scripture says we are asleep in the lap of Satan. Can you, can you just... Can you just picture that, my friend? Satan rocking you dodo on the old front porch. I told you about my family. When my mother had, I had three sisters younger than myself, and I, I was big enough to help her with them. And out in, this, in the fall of the year, in the summertime, we'd sit out on the old front porch. And uh, after dark and wait it cooled off a little bit to go in the house, and my mother would have one of those babies taking the breast. Over there, rocking, rocking in the rocking chair, rocking in the rocking chair. And she'd say, son, come put sister to bed. And I'd go over there, and she'd pull that baby off of the breast. And, boy, you talk about cutting up. Wow, wow, wow. Because why? Because why? She was contented there, nursing the breast, just like you and I have been content to be asleep in Satan's lap. Rocking us dodo in an old high-back rocker. You say, well, that's stupid, Pastor. No, it isn't. The Bible says we are asleep in the lap of Satan. Satan has a lap. Did you know that? He does. But my friend, listen, listen. Here was the gospel being preached to these two folks. It was a light shining into their very heart. They knew, my friend, they knew. This sin of disobedience and rebellion and the pride were hidden from their eyes under the cloak of impenitence and now begin to be clear. Just like when the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, shines that light of the gospel. How does that happen, Trailblazer? It happens by the hearing of the Word of God. The Word of God. You may hear a message ten times and, and, and not nothing mean anything to you. But if you're one of God's elect, one night, one day, one time, something will go home to your heart that will affect your thinking. It'd be like a dagger stabbed into your very heart. The truth, you're a sinner. Oh, oh, did you, do you know you're a sinner? That still, small voice, it's not a voice. You can't hear it. But my friend, you know it. He says, did you know you're not saved? I often ask you folks to look in the mirror, and I don't think many of you do it because I don't hear from you, many of you. But I ask you to go in the mirror there in the bathroom where you shave and clean up in the morning, friend, or mama, where you put on your makeup, lipstick and rouge a little bit. While you're there, look in that mirror and say, am I saved? The old trailblazer said, are you saved, darling? Would I ask you, could you ask yourself, am I saved? I've told these old truckers that we have listened to us on the highway. I've said, when you swing down out of that cab to go in the break room, look in that old big mirror there on the side of your truck and ask yourself, am I saved? Am I saved? Oh, am I saved? My friend, it's very important. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's not a fun thing. It's not a joke. 
it's it's a it's a it's a meaning difference between heaven and hell. Did you know there's a heaven to win and a hell to shun? You may have five hundred thousand miles behind you on your speedometer, my friend, but are you gonna make it home tonight? Are you gonna make it home tonight? Like the old song we hear saying, "Back on the road again." Well, are you on the road to heaven or on the road to hell? Don't scoff at the message, my friend. Oh, listen, pull over there in a in a rest area somewhere up the road there, and get, and get honest with the Lord. All you gotta do, all you gotta do, my friend, ask the Lord to open your heart. The Lord will open your heart if you ask him to. But we are closed. Our minds and our hearts have been closed to the gospel so long because of false preachers and, 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 and things that happen. But these two here, Adam and Eve, the word had a convicting effect. It set sin in its true light before their very soul. The secrets of their hearts were made manifest. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He takes the, the word of God and manifest the secrets of your heart. You see, the Lord looks on the heart, my friend. I told my congregation the other day, you know, you can hide your sin from me. You can hide it from the Pope. You can hide it from anybody, but you can't hide it from the Lord. You can't. You can make out like you love me, but the Lord knows your heart. And I tell you my truth, my friend, it's, it's just, a, it's just a, a, a gracious time when the Lord brings you to that place. I wish you would think about it at this time, my friend. The old trailblazers are just trying to be true to your soul. If you would, just ask the Lord to give you grace to look to him day by day. We're not here trying to uh, convince you of sin or any of those things. No, that's the Holy Spirit's work. But the old trailblazer is concerned about your soul. I know I meet many, many who I hear from you on the, radio, on the uh, phone or over the email. And they, you say, Pastor, I'm not saved. You listening to me up there in Charlotte, North Carolina, somewhere over there in uh, in, in uh, San Francisco Bay. Many of you, I know, I know where you are. You write me, but but would you just take heart that the Lord is able to save you and and give you grace to trust the Lord? It's not a uh, it's not a what folks think of making a little decision for Jesus out there in some old uh, charter member of some old church like Grandma. No. It's coming to see yourself in need of salvation and then crying out for mercy. Have you ever cried for mercy? I asked my folks the other night, is any of y'all, you folks here, is any of y'all ever said, Lord, save me? I, 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 just, I, I just wonder. I tell them, I won't ask for a show of hands. I don't want to embarrass you. But you out there who listen to me, hear me up there in Tennessee and North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia and Alabama and Texas, where, are you ashamed to say, Lord, save me? The Lord's got to break all that stuff, my friend. You're going to become a lost sinner before you ever cry unto the Lord. And you can ask the Lord to make you a lost sinner. You can. You say, well, I didn't know that, Trailblazer. Yes, you can. The Lord says he hears. And then another place he says, you have not because you ask not. And I would imagine that a lot of you are not saved because you never have asked the Lord. You're content with a decision for Jesus, a content to be uh, uh, in the amen corner over there somewhere to chew your could and spit your am beer and tell the pastor what to do, that ain't, that's not salvation, my friend. Salvation is trusting the Lord as your Savior and as your Lord and, uh, and, and going there, uh, Lord, Lord, help. Old Peter cried out to the Lord one day. He's walking on the water. Boy, he was a big shot. He was somebody come. And all of a sudden, he looked down. He looked down, 
And he said, Lord, help. And the Lord reached out there and got him. Have you ever cried, Lord, help? I, I don't think many of our folks do. They join some church, shake some preacher's hand, and go on off, live like hell the rest of their life, and uh, maybe religiously the uh, rest of their life, religiously lost. You write me, I'll send you Pastor Shelton's booklet on religiously lost. And uh, I, I believe it would be a big help to you. But I would that you would turn to the Lord, even tonight, this morning, whatever time you're hearing the old trailblazer. And then write me, let me hear from you. You may not believe a thing I say, but if you take God's word and read it and study it, follow along with us on these messages, we're going to go back. We're going to get started in a man, the head of the home, and I want you to prepare to listen. I want you to call you somebody across the road or down the road somewhere and say, that old crazy fool trailblazer, he's bringing a message on our home, and he's telling some things that we ought to know. Tune in and listen tomorrow. I believe if you would, people would be blessed. And then I would that you'd help me with the broadcast. It costs a lot of money to bring these broadcasts. And the old trailblazer don't get one penny of your money. No, sir. Like that fella told me I ought to start preaching John 3.16 and quit taking this church's money. Well, I don't, I don't take a penny of this work, but I do preach John 3.16, my friend. And I preach John 3.17, 18, and 19. And uh, I, wish you would, I wish you would. I wish you'd turn to the Lord. Would you do that for me? Remember my mailing address, the old trailblazer, post office box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785, and my website, radiomissions.org. Boy, you can find some good material there at our website, radiomissions.org. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Goodbye.